Part is if you aren't ready to put your tires on right now, Midas will hold them until you're ready. How great is that? Don't miss the big tire sale going on now. Midas Tire and Auto on East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Got a chip or need a windshield repaired? Hi, I'm Cindy Wolf. We invite you to stop down at Nova's Auto Glass on North Main Street in Sheridan. Jim and I were both born and raised in Sheridan and are proud to continue to run Nova's Auto Glass as a locally owned business. Nova's Auto Glass has certified technicians to put your windshield concerns at ease. We strive for professional quality work. Nova's provides a lifetime and national warranties on all installations. Come down to 347 North Main Street or give us a call at Nova's Auto Glass 307-672-0139 for an appointment. I'm Jack Wood, and I'm running for Sheridan City Council. I can tell you when it comes time to make decisions that affect the city and the residents, I will have a clear conscience with my decision. I have only one ad that has been made for me in this campaign that I did not pay for. Because I've worked for this person for five years, and she knows how dedicated I am to my work, family, and the city of Sheridan. I have paid for my campaign by myself and with no outside influences. I'm asking for your vote for Sheridan City Council in November. Paid for by Jack Wood. It's fall. Hi, Kurt Smith here for the Sheridan Commercial Company. You can't go wrong when you turn to the Sheridan Commercial Company for helpful supplies for fall projects like weather stripping, caulking, insulating, and heat taping, finishing up any exterior painting and staining projects. Make sure to check all your smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors, as well as checking your fire extinguishers. We're your locally owned hardware store and have been since 1892. The Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway, open seven days a week cats dogs maybe even your chicken <laughs> once again it's time for the petaween photo contest on sheridanmedia.com spooky <laughs> cute or maybe just plain wacky take a photo and post the photo for a chance to win one of three amazing prizes there will be three winners enter your pet into the petaween photo contest now through October 31st at sharedamedia.com. Once voting opens, don't forget to share your cute or spooky critter on your social profiles as the winner is chosen by most votes. Thanks to our sponsors, Shipton's Big R, McGraw's Paws, Mandy Koltiska with Century 21, BHJ Realty, and Camco Federal Credit Union. So, who's going to win this Petoween? Will it be your pet? This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, I'm here to tell you, be careful if you're hitting the highways and the interstate this morning give yourself much more time to reach your destination it took me 45 minutes to get to work and i drove past one nasty accident on the way so please be safe give yourself some time and uh, and and use that time wisely joining me this morning from the museum at the bighorns a couple of ladies that use their time very well is the collections manager Jessica Salzman and board member Audrey Meyer. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Now, uh, the, the, Jessica, how have things been down at the museum? It's been a while since I had you on. Oh, it's it's been going. It's been uh, it's been busy and lots of changes and lots of events. So 
it's been keeping me on my toes in a good way. <laughs> good, good. Now, for those individuals who m- have gone to the, the website, uh, the website is currently down. Uh, the mm-hmm. museum is getting that taken care of. Uh, it was one of those situations a little bit out of your control, but it will come back around, correct? That's what we're hoping. We're we're working on it. We've got a, some temporary email addresses. If anyone needs those, just give us a call at the museum and we can give those to you. And we're hoping to have a website up here sometime this week. And we're going to be working to get our old domain back because, you know, technology's fun like that. <laughs> it absolutely isn't. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> right? I thought I was an age problem, but it's everybody. It's, uh, yeah. It's everybody. Oh, yeah. It's everybody. Um, now, uh, have you received anything exciting this year as we go into the winter season? Have you received anything exciting uh, to add to your collection? Uh, probably the most recent accession that we got to the museum was the donation of, uh, it was two programs. One was from an All-American Indian Days, I can't remember which year, and one was from Sheridan's Diamond Jubilee. So those are going to be great additions to the museum's uh, archives. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they were actual programs that someone had kept. Yeah, they're this nice staple-bound souvenir ones. So, uh, How old would you say those were? Oh, when was the Diamond Jubilee? It oh. was a while ago. Yeah, about 20, 25 years. Yeah, and then All-American Indian Days stopped in the 70s, I think. So they're they're good, they're good age. Did they show up in good condition? Yeah, they did. It looks like someone kept them in, in pretty good shape. And so those will just be archived, or will those be out on display? Well, it'll depend on the future. In the meantime, it they'll be preserved and documented and available to researchers. And if we ever do an event... Or an, if we ever do an exhibit that is uh, in where those items would be a great addition, then they'll be on exhibit. When it comes to paper items like that, I do know that for, gosh, forever, uh, there was a, a type of acid that was used within inks. And a lot of times paper doesn't last through that ink. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one reason why, folks, if you've ever kind of gone into an archive and thumbed through old newspapers they're extremely brittle yeah uh i've thumbed through newspapers from 1865 i prefer my newspapers digital (laughs) uh, especially if they're archival (laughs) have you noticed any time frame when they may have stopped using that or do we just there's still a lot of problems with paper even if the acid isn't acidic i always say uh paper doesn't play nice with itself yeah, yeah. It still yellows. It still uh, affects the other pages that are in it. If you have a piece of paper that's more acidic and you put it on another one that's more acidic, you will literally have acid burn on the other piece of paper. That's incredible. Yeah, so, and then photos are a completely different thing. Like, photo ink really doesn't play well with itself yeah. or play well with others. Yeah. So, there's a lot of things that you have to do to try to preserve these things. And one of them is acid-free products. Another one's making sure you have really good scans and photos to preserve them in the worst case scenario of something falling apart. Yeah. That, that brittleness, I can remember mm-hmm. thumbing through those old newspapers and just trying to grab a, a corner to turn the page gently. Boy, just, mm-hmm. it was like a leaf, like an old leaf. I'm surprised they let you even touch the old newspapers. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was at a newspaper that I was working at and you consistently had to go into their archives and look back through because none of it has been digitalized. Uh, 
Yeah. So it's all still right there in the old form. And, and man, I'm hoping that that business one day sits down and pays the money, which I could only imagine how much that would cost. My goodness. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it just comes apart like it's like trying to f- flip a page made of a leaf that has been sat in the sun. It just flickers right off. Yeah, it's, it's and amazing. so we're, you were lucky even to be able to have that to oh, look absolutely. at it. Oh, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Once, once the breakdowns really start to occur, they kind of just tuck it aside and they're like, well, there it is. We're just hoping something better comes along so we can actually save this information. Mm-hmm. Now... Th- the museum at the Bighorns has also recently hired a new executive director. How has the transition gone? And, and Edry, feel free to, to jump in on this one, because as a board member, you were critical in this uh, right. process. It, it took us a long time to find the right person. We, um, it took six months to find Danny. I mean, wow. so we're really fortunate in that Peak Consulting allowed us to use Cam, Camden part-time t- and Jessica stepped up to the plate. And thank you to Jessica for a lot of the administrative help she's done with. But we were really busy this summer because, as you can imagine, people were cooped up from COVID and they wanted to get out. And oh, so yeah. They came to the museum. And so we had a lot of visitors from out of state. But um, we're so excited to have Danny uh, with her mm-hmm. background and her. She's uh, very mature and um the nice thing is she has been a consultant. She's been at museums. She's got the degrees, and she knows what she's doing. And so as she said to me, she said, I know about – I and Jessica know about museums, and you folks know about the community, so it should be a really good experience for all of us. Oh, yeah. And going forward, uh, Jessica, what are the experiences that Danny's had? Has she been a collections manager, kind of worked her way up? or She has a really wide variety of experiences. When she started her career, she did a little collections work. But for the bulk of her career, she has been in like educational outreach and worked in programming. So she's a great complement to the skills that I have where I know how to do a museum program. I know how to do an educational program, but it's not my main focus. She really knows how to bring programming to another level. So we're really excited to have that experience that she's bringing to us uh, from the uh, State Historical Society of North Dakota, where she's been for the last 10, 15 years. So. Oh, fantastic. So with all the work that you were kind of stepping in and doing, is is it a bit of a relief? Of course it's a relief. (laughs) You can kind of focus on other things a little, a little more attentively now. Well, that's the thing that's nice about a transition is you get to sit down with the other person, especially when you're a staff of two and kind of go, who's doing what? Yeah. And so we're still, because this will be the start of her third week. uh, So we're still sitting there and she's learning where the light switches are. And we're going to figure out who's going to be focusing on what for the best situation for the museum. Right. Right. So now she's going to be, but as an executive director, her primary job is like administrative, correct? Correct. But there's so much more that she's bringing to the table, and we're just so excited to have her. And, and hopefully she'll even uh, uh, kind of give the board uh, direction. We've had a lot of new board members this year, and so it's, a lot of changes have happened at the museum. So if you haven't been up there, please visit us. Now, who are those new board members? Uh, how many did you add? Okay. Well, Greg Lumen came on before our annual meeting. He filled a... a uh, position that was uh, somebody resigned and we 
Todd Windsor, Scott Nickerson, and Dana Prater. So one, two, three, four new board members. And there were six of us before that carried through the summer with Jessica's help. And so we were kind of shorthanded on a bunch. And we're just so excited to have so many new members. And, and, and with a new executive director and things, there's a lot happening all at once. And so oh, yeah. it takes a little while to settle down. I know... I've been executive directors of nonprofits in the past, and it's usually taken me at least six months to figure out what's going on. You're lucky she knows where the light switches are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're right outside her office. <laughs> Bob calls uh, calls that transition period learning the bathrooms. Yeah. You learn them where all the bathrooms are at. You learn them what everybody does. Uh, it, Edry, how many members uh, are supposed to be on the board if the board was it, it would be 12 and we had uh well with one two three four new members we uh, we had two more people apply we've asked them to wait until we can get adjusted and get you know yeah. organized and work as a community uh, whole and then our, our staff of two-time pe- uh, full-time people working together and so there's a lot going on right now uh so please have patience with us but I'm so excited for the museum. It's headed in the right direction, guys, and it's going to be great. It's it's almost as if uh, everyone is at this period where we're all taking a big breath yeah. before we jump in and start uh, hard transition stuff. Exactly. Everyone, we're getting our pieces put into place. Now, what exactly are the responsibilities of the museum board? The board mainly sets policy and fundraises, so... Um, the staff carries out policies, and they're they're the ones that make the events happen and things happen at the museum. And so, when you see Jessica and you see Danny, be sure to extend your appreciation to them for all the work that they do. And Camden over this summer, she was great. The, the troops, the troops on the ground, right? Yeah, the ones in the right. trenches. Now, uh, Camden is finished with you guys over there then and she'll head on to probably do the same thing in another organization somewhere right we we hope she's not completely finished (laughs) (laughs) we hope she sticks around at least somewhat because we're we're gonna miss her she was a great she was great yeah 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 all right we're gonna have more with the museum at the bighorns stick around this is public pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 fm At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Session or just want to hear the preliminary results, we want you. Come to the Community Review Town Hall meeting on Thursday, November 3rd, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Y.O. Theater Black Box. Your input will help prioritize topics from the survey and listening sessions. Your suggestions will influence where future dollars are spent in Sheridan County. No reservations are needed, just show up. Click on the Thrive 2035 logo on SheridanCounty.com for more information. Hi, welcome to Homestar. I'm Sheridan. Hi, Sheridan. I'm Nickelwise, the Dancing Clown. You just moved here from Derry, Maine? Yeah, so now we know each other. While you fill out your loan application, you can vote for Homestar's Scariest Movie of All Time bracket on SheridanMedia.com. 
you'll be entered for a chance to win $100 in Chamber Bucks. What are you afraid of? Ha, I'm not afraid of getting your home loan, that's for sure. Wow, this home you want to finance has a huge basement. Oh, there's all sorts of surprises down here. Hey, thanks for the balloon. Don't forget to vote for your scariest movie on SheridanMedia.com. We all float down here. You will float too. Homestar, your easiest way home. NMLS number 70864. As we enter the fall months, have you made that plan to market your business? Are you stuck, confused on what to do? Hi, this is Bob Grammons, General Manager at Sheridan Media. Let us help you put a plan in place as we gear up for the holiday season. Sheridan Media can market your business on up to nine different radio stations. We can place your print ad in front of nearly 18,000 households in Sheridan and Johnson County with the Country Bounty. Or market your business worldwide through a variety of digital products that we offer. We can also place your ad on our two websites. Let our creative and experienced marketing team put a well-thought-out and professional, comprehensive marketing plan together to connect with your customers on multiple media platforms. No high pressure. Let's tell your story, whether locally or across the country. Call Sheridan Media today at 672-7421 or email sales at SheridanMedia.com and let us go to work for you. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning, I'm with the museum at the Bighorns Collections Manager, Jessica Salzman, and board member Edry Meyer. Now, recently, the Girl Scouts celebrated 100 years in Wyoming. To mark the event, on October 15th, the museum at the Bighorns hosted an event to celebrate 100 years of the Girl Scouts in the Cowboy State. A special presentation of the history of the Girl Scouts here was led by Jean Harm. How did that celebration go? I think it went pretty well. It was a great opportunity for people who had fond memories of being in Girl Scouts to talk about their experiences through the decades, learn some of the general history from Jean, and uh, then, of course, by Girl Scout cookies from last Girl Scout cookie season. So <laughs> that was a perk. Those things are amazing. I they, mean, are. they They are uh, a special treat for a lot of adults out there that they haven't really changed much since I was a kid. I think Mm-mm. that's one of the best parts about them. And uh, boy, they were worth their weight in gold over in Iraq. Uh, Jessica, what items does the museum actually have from the organization throughout its history? Uh, well, that's a great question. Uh, we've actually, like, Gene Harm has been in Girl Scouts in the Sheridan area for a very long time. And she's collected a lot of Girl Scout memorabilia and she's donated some of it to us. So we have great uniforms. We have some trophies. We have hats. Uh, I have books. I have an empty Girl Scout cookie box Ooh. So from like the 90s. So it's it's a really interesting and varied Girl Scout cookie collection. Like I have uniforms date, rating from dating from the like the late seventies, uh, but starting in like the nineteen thirties. So oh, it's, wow. it's pretty interesting. Wow, how how has that changed throughout the years? Oh, they're completely different. Really? Like the nineteen thirties dress was like a denim one, and uh, had to be tough, right? Denim's yeah. a great material. 
Denim? I didn't yeah, know it's that. denim, wow. and then they went green after a while. I was green. <laughs> you were green? Yeah, I was green. yeah, I learned a lot of my things from Girl Scouts. I think they're a great organization. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my wife and I discussed this a long time ago. When we knew this was going on, uh, she talked about, uh, you know, it, boy, if we ever had a little girl, we'd, we'd put her into Girl Scouts oh, yeah. in a second because this, that, what a great organization for friendship. I mean, it even teaches entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. you know, get out there, sell those uh, cookies, but uh, they do it in a fantastic way and they do it very smartly. Now, uh, was there anything that you learned during the presentation that you didn't know? Oh, just so much. Like the presentation or the history section was just a font of information. Um, But what I thought was most interesting was uh, you'd hear from people who were in the camp in the 80s, 90s, and just talking about how much that impacted their life. And that was a very, very interesting part. Like there was one woman who talked about her her experience going, I believe, over to Switzerland to an international Girl Scout camp. So that was pretty interesting. What an it's it's an amazing organization, and if I remember correctly, uh, the Girl Scouts of America and the Boy Scouts of America are the one organization that I think every president has endorsed and gotten behind, uh, which is a very rare thing. Uh, the president isn't supposed to endorse organizations, but I believe the tradition started years and years ago that the president stands up and endorses at least these two. Um, and you think about how many you know, great business owners out there. Oh yeah. And and leaders within our own community were once Girl Scouts. Yeah. May, you know, maybe even some in uh the denim dresses looking back on that. Uh now let's talk about the Fall Y'all Festival. Uh this was uh this was a big festival. How did it go? It went really well. We had about three hundred people attend and everyone had fun. There was face painting and pumpkin painting and cornhole and a pie walk. And everyone just seemed to be having a great time exploring some of these uh, more uh, old-fashioned, if you will, traditional uh, festival activities. <laughs> well, it's, it's a museum, right? We're yeah. supposed to engage yeah. in that kind of stuff. And I think there were more than 300 people because there were a lot of people outside that never came inside. And Jessica just counted the people that came in through the front doors. Oh, wow. So, so you had folks act- stop by. Yeah, and- we had activities outdoors and some and food trucks and people stopped for the food trucks and what's going on and things of that nature. So there were a lot. I, I would say probably 100 more people. Probably. Wow. We, it was huge. It was a huge success. There was lots of people there. How did that make you feel, Edry, sitting out there seeing the community kind of respond to the festival of their museum, essentially? Well, I was so excited because they, it says, you know, museum's important to us. We want to know what's going on, and we will take advantage of what's happening. And, and so I, I felt great to answer your question. It was wonderful. You know, the one thing that I do miss uh, from my youth that will probably never be done again uh, on on a organizational scale, bobbing for apples. Ooh. Not very sanitary, <laughs> not, but yeah, not it's comical sanitary. to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I remember doing that when I was a kid at the like uh, school gatherings uh, <laughs> during the fall, and I always enjoyed it. But I was good too. Maybe that's why I miss it so bad because I was dang good. I could pull out a lot of apples out of that. But uh, as you said, yeah. Could you imagine that now post COVID? <laughs> post COVID. I remember the things that let you win a goldfish. That was was fond memories for me. Yeah. All right. So uh, what do we got coming up for the rest of October? At the rest of October, we have one event left. It's Halloween at the museum. It's going to be on October 29th from 1 to 3. And 
it's going to be free admission, you know, wear your costumes and the kids will get a chance to do a scavenger hunt and get a candy prize at the end when they solve it. Now, what's the scavenger hunt? Is it like a little walk through Halloween history or? Uh, well, it's actually just a walk through the museum. Uh, we have two levels, one for kids who can read and one who, for kids who can't. Uh, the one for kids who can't read, it'll be like their parents will be like, this says drum. Let's go find the drum. And they'll walk through and they'll just X out when they find the items. And they're still getting to go and look at objects in the museum. For the older kids, it'll be kind of like, uh, what year was the bison mural painted? Oh. And, uh, or what tribe is known by most people as the crow? You know, it's questions like that that'll walk them through the gallery, make them engage with panels, engage with objects. And uh, not too hard, just fun. And then they get then they get a prize. Mixing Halloween with history. Yeah. <laughs> fun activities. Fun activities coming out of there. Probably knowing something after that yeah. they didn't know before. What I like what Jessica does, she gets people involved in the in the exhibits and you know, touching and not you can't touch. I've learned <laughs> they but, can touch but, the interactives. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> panels and you know, so interactive parts, that's what I'm trying to say. So that's really good. So you know, if you if you if you're thinking what to do, please bring your kid to the Halloween museum. Oh yeah, it's going to be great, and you get to see staff in fun costumes, and it's just going to be a great day. Now, do you go all out and decorate everything as you go through? We decorate the gift shop. Yeah, yeah. Preserve everything else a little bit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yes, don't want to go throwing uh, old looking cobwebs on some of that. No, stuff, not really. The only holiday that gets to make its appearance anywhere in the museum is Christmas with a Christmas tree. That's yeah. it. Now, uh, tell me once again when that begins, Jessica. It's at from one to three on Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. All right. How did the last history after dark turn out? Uh, the Last History After Dark was a great success. It was a presentation by Cindy Georgian and her husband about uh, essentially crime in Sheridan County saloons for a 30-year period from like 1885 to 18, 1915. And it was really fascinating. She was able to incorporate a lot of uh, newspaper clips to really get an account of the time about these uh, these crimes from these establishments that... A lot of them aren't around anymore. There used to be a lot of almost like pop-up saloons yeah. back in the day. So that was fascinating to listen to. We had over, we had about a 30 people attend. Oh, that's pretty dang good, right? Yeah, it was great. Now, uh, I mean, was it lawless? I mean, there's been a sheriff in Sheridan since there's been a Sheridan. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it wasn't like a lawless time that we see in the movies, right? No, not quite that bad. That was places like uh, Rollins and Lander had some pretty crazy times, but Sheridan was pretty docile but it was still the still the west and still uh people with hair triggers and knives and uh you know alcohol makes people do fun things when they have guns <laughs> and knives yes. that's a w nice way to put it yeah. <laughs> that was a nice way to put it all right so uh what's next for tidbits uh, the next tidbit is going to be on uh, november 19th at 10 a.m and it's going to be covering the, uh, uh, it's going to be talking about the history of Veterans Day and wow. how it started as Armistice Day. And then we're going to do like making tissue paper poppies because that's a very World War One thing. Yep. And it's then we might, might have a couple other uh, patriotic Veterans Day type uh, activities to do. 
actually sounds pretty fun to make yeah. a poppy out of uh, tissue paper. Well, mm-hmm. The thing that excites me about this whole program, what they do is it, it, they're teaching kids about history, and, and that's part of the that they really needs. And so we're filling a need that's not in our community. And thanks to Jessica and, and other people that have that knowledge. So thank you. Yeah. And they do it through uh, like fun activities. You get to come out of there with something in your hand that yeah. reflects the a history time, that you yeah. just learned. Mm-hmm. So uh, now as we go forward into November, is anything going to change at the museum? Or are we going to set up any kind of other displays or what do we have out there right now? There's, not going to be any new exhibits in November. Uh, those will be set up during our winter closure. Uh, in November, the event that we have is another History After Dark series. It's going to be about the life of Edward Gillette. And uh, he was a fascinating guy. He was born in New Haven, Connecticut, went to Yale, and then decided he was going to rough it and surveying in front of train like railroad construction for like the next 10 15 years so definitely not as delicate as you would think he was so he had a really fascinating life and he was the one if i remember correctly either he was the individual who made the decision or he advised the individual not to put the railroad through johnson county yeah uh because of the johnson county cattle war that was going on at the time yeah, that's uh, he doesn't really address that in his autobiography, surprisingly enough. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of conspiracy, though, about like, did Henry Coffin move to Sheridan from Bighorn because he, Gillette was dating his daughter and he got the inside knowledge? Who knows? That's uh, what I understand. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of controversy behind oh, yeah. Mr. Gillette. Now, uh, it, of course, the city of Gillette is named after Edward yes. Gillette. Uh, do you remember what the city was named before? Donkey Town. Donkey Town, oh, USA. No. I didn't know that. And yeah. Gillette never lived there. He Ooh. literally saved the railroad company so much money, like his team did, that they were all like, we're going to get a bonus. We're going to get, this is going to be great. They're going to give us money. And they just sent a letter, you know, that's great. You saved us so much money. We're just going to name Donkey Town Gillette. Wow. <laughs> so that was their reward for him. Yeah. Oh, dear. So his, well. the rest of his team's like, awesome. And even Gillette's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I would have much rather had the money. Thank you. <laughs> All I right. Mean, it used to be named Donkey Town. That's a much better name. Uh, Edry, Jessica, thank you so much for coming in oh, this morning. So it's much. always a pleasure having yeah. you guys on. Uh, and I look forward to uh, more programming going on up there. Maybe next mm-hmm. time we'll have the new executive director, huh? Yeah. That's the yeah. hope. Yeah. yeah, she she was really sorry she couldn't make it today. All right, ladies. When we come back, we will speak with Democratic candidate for the Wyoming House of Representatives to represent District 29, Martha J. Wright. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. At Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities and, more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Tax planning is not just tax preparation. With the changes due to tax reform over the last few years, you need a tax planner to ensure you are getting the most value for your business. 
We offer advisory services customized to your needs to help maintain financial viability while achieving future goals. Come see us today. Parker Mellinger, focusing on where you're going, not where you've been. Quality pre-owned Chevy Tahoes are here at Hammer Chevrolet, Troy Baker. Bob, these 2021 Tahoes come with low miles and are priced below any DA book value. We have a 2021 Chevy Tahoe LS with 20,000 miles, shadow gray metallic for $49,995. A Tahoe RST 21,000 miles, cherry red tint coat for $71,495. Or a black Tahoe Z71 with 8,500 miles for $74,695. Hammer Chevrolet at 107 East Alger, online, hammerchevy.com. Every four years, the citizens of Sheridan County have the opportunity to vote on the county's general purpose excise tax, known as the one-cent optional. This tax is used to benefit every community throughout our county on things from social and health services to public facilities and infrastructure, including parks and pathways. For more information on the tax, please contact your elected officials or visit at SheridanCountyOneCent.com and vote on November 8th. Message paid for by Sheridan County. Champion Funeral Home is dedicated to providing compassionate and personalized service to your families. They provide support, personable care, and affordable prices to Sheridan and Johnson County and surrounding areas. Champion Funeral Home has been family-owned and operated since 1911. They will comfort you in your time of need and provide your family with a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Contact Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6369. Your time is valuable, especially when you are sick or injured. At Sheridan Memorial Hospital Urgent Care, once your visit is complete, we can send you home with the prescription medications you need to feel better right away. You get the medications you need immediately with no extra stops or waits on your way home. This is Dr. David Nickerson, Medical Director at Sheridan Memorial Hospital Urgent Care. Our new take-home medication service is just one more way we deliver value and convenience to our patients. Walk-ins are always welcome, or you can save your spot online at SheridanUrgentCare.com. in between Halloween shenanigans and voting escapades, six finalists will be competing for a share of $100,000 in startup funding. Jessica Madden here from Impact 307, inviting you to the Sheridan Startup Challenge Pitch Night, Tuesday, November 1st at 5.30 p.m. at the Wild Theater. Immediately following presentations, you'll get to eat, drink, and gab with the finalists until winners are announced. And of course, there will be an audience choice award determined 100% by you. Admission is free and Pitch Night will be live streamed on SheridanMedia.com. Good morning. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. Martha J. Wright is running for election to the House of Representatives to represent District 29, which encompasses much of the city of Sheridan and is currently represented by Republican Mark Kinner, who decided not to file for re-election in 2022. Now, uh, good morning, Mrs. Wright. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How's your Monday morning been? Oh, it's been rough. Uh, th- uh, this, uh, this ice caught me by surprise on the roads. It oh. took me a little long to get to work this morning. Uh, but yes. Made it. <laughs> nice and slow. That's how we do it, just like a turtle. All right, now, <laughs> let's just, we'll just start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Cheyenne, uh, actually born in Casper, um, but we moved to Cheyenne, and that's where I was raised. Uh, graduated East High High School there. And um, so 
it was a, a good time back in that time frame. Um, lots of good memories yeah. from, from Cheyenne. Yeah, uh, good old Cheyenne Frontier Days, still now, rolling every, right along. Yeah. Yes, every year. Now, uh, where were you educated? Uh, well, I've gone to community college and actually went to a two-year program to become a certified medical assistant. Oh, wow. And that was the time where um, we were trained to work in both the front and the back offices. So I was in the medical field for, for a number of years. And um, then I've also had some education in early childhood development, did not pursue that as a career, Um, and also a a certified caregiver. So a lot of my career has been in service to others, taking care of people, uh, trying to make their lives better. And um, it's, it's brought me a lot of joy to do that. And I also recognize that that's something that the legislators uh, are to do is make our lives better. And um, it's my hope to get into the legislator legislature and do just that. Yeah. Now, what do you do now in your civilian life? I'm, I'm retired and um, I've been working. I've done volunteer work. I was uh, a caregiver here for, for seniors in the past, I've also been a caregiver for special needs adults oh, wow. and uh, then an instructor at the YMCA for deep water aerobics and active older adults. What inspired you to run for legislature? Where does this come from? Well, it ha- I had never even thought of it. And when um, a committee member called and asked if I would consider it, it was such a surprise, but really just thinking the process through, I realized that I could be an alternative voice. Um, here in Wyoming and such, we hear the same thing so often. Uh, there's not a, a lot of difference in the message that is going out. And I wanted to bring things up and discuss things that are often not talked about. And then the other part would be to, um, at the general election, have two names on the ballot Mm -hmm. instead of just one name, like happens so frequently and happens so often in um, the elections. Especially here in Wyoming, yeah. Yes, yes. Now, uh, what would you say your core values are? Well, and this is what I was taught, and I know we talk a lot about Wyoming values, and I feel that respect is something that I have uh, was raised with and continued and bring today to the campaign. Um, generosity, giving back to the community, um, being willing to share, and then kindness, uh, being nice to one another, treating others as you would want to be treated and actually, my slogan is, with courage and kindness, we will make a difference. And I don't think that we need to um, have just, you know, verbally attack each other or such to have a, have a listening ear. Yeah. I don't know if a listening ear is a value, uh, but that is something else that I, I feel strong about. Boy, I'll tell you what, a listening ear is a value when you don't have one. Yes, right, right. Yes. When you don't have one to listen to you. Now, 
uh, how would you say that those values are going to carry you forward and reflect uh, your leadership in lawmaking? Well, and um, interesting you ask that because when I'm out um, canvassing in in the District 29, and as soon as I talk about running a purple campaign, uh, blending the parties so that we can communicate with each other and find solutions, everybody would say, well, how are you going to do that? That's a great idea. It sounds good. How are you going to do that? And really, my um, it's... I, I want to listen to the other side. I want to communicate. I want to research. Um, I want to be an informed legislator and not just have big money talk to me. Uh, big money has not found me at this point. I don't yeah. want a part of that. But um, I, I see it all as working together. And if if... We just say, well, you're on the other side of the aisle. I, I'm not interested. I don't care. I care. And because of that, I'm, I'm going to listen to the constituents. I'm going to listen. And I also recognize I'm, anything I do in Cheyenne affects the state. It's, it's the state legislature. We go on that. So, How do you feel about the political environment currently? It's pretty divided, or at least there are some outlets, media outlets, that want people to believe that the entire nation is divided. Now, that being said, I do realize that uh, the political environment is pretty divided, but I wouldn't say it's as divided as it's ever been. What What are your thoughts on that? I feel that um, there is... A lot of division, but there's that core group that don't like the division. There can be the extremes, and, and they seem to be happy where they are. They, they want changes. Uh, they want us to change. And if we don't, then we're in the wrong. But there, as I say, there's that core group that um, they listen. They, they like what I offer. Yeah. And and to be able to work past that, um, which which I hope is we we can do. Yeah. Um, now, uh, would you say that that is the platform that you're running on, or or what would you say that the platform itself is? <clears throat> well, I have several issues um, that are important to me because they're important to the community. Um, which I, I will go to. But the one thing I will say, as I'm out talking to people, as soon as I talk about the communication, we don't get to the individual issues frequently um, because people are so tired of the division. Really? Oh, very much so. Um, that, that's personally what I find time after time. And I know the volunteers that go out with me. That's that seems to be the focus of people. Um, so you know, we we can talk about the education. That's that's a hot topic. The healthcare, the Medicaid expansion. But if we don't start talking to each other, nothing's going to change on these other issues. And so, and people seem to recognize that as soon as I walk up to the front door. <laughs> This uh, division even reaches over um, within its uh, within the own 
Republican Party itself, uh, you know, there've been some, some, I wouldn't call it infighting. I think that's too strong of a word, but we'll call it uh, uh, negotiations on either side down in Cheyenne. Um, now, according to the Department of Revenue, the, the Teton County saw the state's greatest jump in property taxes in 2021, 36%. Uh, Wyoming's 22 other c- counties have experienced uh, an average increase of 16.17%. This is an incredible hike in property taxes. How would you work with other lawmakers to reduce this burden on on Wyoming families? Well, and I'm actually to say that the legislate the current legislature is actually looking at uh, finding some means to make some changes. Uh, there's certainly the, um, and, you know, I also know that property taxes also not only affect the homeowner, but people who are renting, and their rents can be increased because the homeowner needs to get some additional income to cover that property tax. So, um they're looking at some proposals, and I will. I want to work with them in a long-term solution so that people do not actually lose their home because of the number of property taxes or the, or the dollar amount of their property tax. But it, it can be of especially for, uh, again, as I'm out in the community and such, there are a lot of seniors that are still living in their home that they raise their families in. So they've been in that home for 30, 40 years yeah. a lot of the times. And so if we can put a cap on it, uh, the taxes, or look at what they paid for it instead of what it would be um, worth today. Also, when we have um, a lot of people moving from out of state who have so much money to spend on property, that increases the property rates. And they may not even live in that home full-time. It might be their summer home, their winter home, such. But to make adjustments for who the people are, and as you say, there's Teton County, there's Sheridan County. We don't have that dollar amount. Mm -hmm. Um, And and look at the individuals. And I know that it's it's not a, a blanket increase, but it's it's a substantial increase that that people are having such a hard time covering every single year. It's not like it happens every other year or just sometimes to have to deal with that on a yearly basis. So I want to work with the other legislators to come up with the solutions. But you would support, uh, uh, from, from your language just now, you would support putting a cap on that, so it doesn't increase with property market value. Well, that that's not a cap for every single person. That is, if if they've lived in their home for ten, fifteen years or such, uh, but especially these long time um, homeowners. Yeah, yeah, people like you said, been there, raised their kids, cap theirs. Okay. Yeah. Now uh, the Wyoming legislature continues to fail K through twelve funding. What do you see as the problem, and what do you feel could be done? Well, it is very disappointing. 
um, that our education has not been the priority. We certainly had an abundance of money for so many years from the coil, uh, oil, gas, and um, coal. So we had above and beyond quality, and now we, that's not coming in. But I, I was disappointed when the committee okayed some charter schools just a month or so ago, and now all of a sudden they're pulling $14 million from funding uh, for the schools that um, we were already had such a deficit for. Um, this, as, as you mentioned, there's always this talk about K-12 through funding, and I think it's important to have pre-K-12 through funding. We have over 1,500 children under five years of age in Sheridan County, and so they are being failed because it's like, well, you're too young to, to go to kindergarten, but they want to increase their knowledge. They are just absorbing so much. I want to give you two minutes before we leave the show, ma'am. Uh, go ahead. You've got uh, let's let's do two minutes starting starting right about now. I want you to be able to say whatever you would like to the community. Okay. Well, um, Floyd, it's just nice to have had this opportunity to uh, spend with your listeners. And um, I realize that I may not have the letter behind my name for the party that you most identify with. Uh, you may never have voted for a D, and I respect how difficult that decision might be for you. But I am much more than a letter in the alphabet. My convictions and values cross party lines, and my heart has no party. My heart is about people, the people who live in Sheridan and in Wyoming, people who feel they're not being heard, who need a voice in Cheyenne, and I want to be that voice. So um, there's so much that can be discussed in regards to mental health. Um, the, they refer to it as a crisis here in, in uh, Wyoming, but what is a crisis other than we are number one in suicide rates and we make the national news because of that? We are um, just our whole mental health. I, I remember reading something that we are 45th in the, sta- in the country for providing mental health care. We switch over to Medicaid expansion. That can help with Medicare, not, not or excuse me, mental health. And that not only um, would allow people to get that coverage, but the families who have no health care and have to go to the doctor, have to buy the prescriptions. I'm out of time, ma'am. I want to thank you for coming in. I greatly appreciate it. It was good talking with you. Thank you for coming in today and best of luck in the election. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share at Eliason Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. 
Alumni Network presents Resilient Leadership, a Leadership Impact Luncheon on Wednesday, October 26th from noon until 1. The feature speaker will be Jen Krause, the Sheridan College Vice President of Student Affairs and Executive Director of Sheridan College Foundation. The Resilient Leadership Luncheon is just $20 per person or $10 for Sheridan College alumni. To register, please visit SheridanCollegeFoundation.org or call 675-0700. Stiefel, our focus is on you, your needs, and your goals. You won't be plugged into a one-size-fits-all model. This is Jeff Tomlinson, financial advisor and branch manager at Stiefel. We practice a service model where our clients can share their vision and ask questions. Regardless of your situation, our guidance is driven by your investment needs. Call us at 307-672-3434 to talk about your financial goals. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You bagged your trophy elk. Now, imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now as the cutoff date for guaranteed Christmas delivery is November 1st. Cats. Dogs. Maybe even your chicken. Once again, it's time for the Petaween photo contest on SheridanMedia.com. Spooky, cute, or maybe just plain wacky. Take a photo and post the photo for a chance to win one of three amazing prizes. There will be three winners. Enter your pet into the Petaween photo contest now through October 31st at SheridanMedia.com. Once voting opens, don't forget to share your cute or spooky critter on your social profiles as the winner is chosen by most votes. Thanks to our sponsors, Shipton's Big R, McGraw's Paws, Mandy Koltiska with Century 21, BHJ Realty, and Camco Federal Credit Union. So, who's going to win this Petoween? Will it be your pet? KROE. Sheridan, broadcasting from the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio. K-R-O-E.